Hello, hello, hello. I'm back and this time with a real treat for you. I interviewed a billionaire couple and before I tell you about my conversation with them, I just wanted to say that this was by far the coolest manifestation ever. I manifested my next podcast guest and a few weeks later, those two showed up. So I thought, you know, the universe works in interesting ways that I cannot explain, but I'll take this one. Anyway, I was so inspired by the story of Isa and Samo Logan, the founders of the famous app Talking Tom and Friends, which many of you have surely heard of. The app has been downloaded more than 13 billion times. That's right. That is more than the world population. And that's because there are several apps as I came to learn later on. The Logans built the company behind Talking Tom, Outfit 7, to unicorn status and sold it for $1 billion. If that is not impressive enough, they started the company with the pure intention to make lots of money, which I know is not unusual. That is what most entrepreneurs set out to do. But they wanted to make that money to then use the proceeds of the exit to do philanthropy on a large scale and help to get the planet back on the right track. Now, many of you may now think that cannot be for real, and I get that, but these two are truly acting out of pure intentions and just want to do good in the world, which makes them a unicorn for themselves. What stood out to me the most is their immense desire to change the course of humanity and our planet. They live and breathe spirituality and purpose as every human being should really do. They also use spirituality as a tool for leadership, illustrating that respect and collaboration can go a very long way. But most importantly, their story goes from how to make a billion dollars to why. My intention for this episode is that it helps to shift people's perspective to a higher sense of purpose, responsibility, and contribution away from the what's in it for me mindset, which we so deeply need. The Logans wrote a book about their story, which is the reason why I interviewed them in the first place. And they're doing amazing work with companies to use their knowledge and bring that spiritual approach into the business world. So if you enjoy this episode, I would encourage you to share it with a friend, share it with people who could benefit from it. Maybe it's a colleague at work. Maybe it's your manager. Maybe it's, it's your parents, whoever it is. If it resonates, please help to spread the word about this episode and the podcast in general. I would really appreciate your help. Okay, that's all for me. Enjoy the episode. Do you want to start telling me about your story? All of it. All of it. So all of it. From the very start, from, yeah, from even before Outfit 7 to Logan 5. Yeah, we met at high school where we also started dating in the last grade. And then we also both studied computer science together. So we were classmates also at the college. And we did quite some successful projects together also back then mm -hmm. when we were young. And then it turned out that we had to somehow in the business part split apart. So I went to work for like big um, corporations like Novartis, Microsoft, and some worked for a, a small company. And because actually there was no 
no full-time job for you, you made up idea for uh, a search engine. Mm -hmm. So they developed then in a few years, the most popular local search engine when he was also a shareholder. And when they sold the company, he wanted to make a startup with the aim to earn enough money to invest in sustainability. We figured out that we need to do something. Our, our great passion was also yours to work on non-profit projects towards sustainability. But being from Eastern Europe, it's impossible to raise funds uh, even in, in the US, it's difficult. So we said, okay, it will be easier to postpone our passion for this passion for a few years and focus on how to earn the money that we need for such projects. So this is how Outfit 7 started. Yeah, and I, I ran my own business before and it was my dream job. So I didn't have actually any need to build a startup, but Samo asked me, he said, Isa, I need you. I know you have your dream job, but at least 25% of your time can you invest in my startup. And because his, his mission was so noble, this was the reason I decided to join. And in eight months, I shut down my own business because I was not at Outfit only for 25%, but for 150%. Yeah, so the, when we started, actually we only knew we'll make mobile apps. We didn't have a product idea. We didn't have any experience in mobile business. It was just eight of, let's say, computer geeks together. Friends, actually, Samo chose them wisely because he worked with them, with all of them before. Yes. And the search engine company. And we somehow knew that we have to be fast because also the money we had to, to invest at that time, it was not like huge amount. It was a couple of millions. So we knew we have to make a breakthrough quickly. And there were some unsuccessful projects in the first six months, or we can, we can say it was our learning curve. And also we manifested the success. It was like, it was conceivable for you. And I always say, okay, if you believe in such goals, I can join you, but the rest were the other founders were like, mm, okay, okay, even if we earn just a fraction of that, it will be great. But we manifested 100 million euros in profit after taxes in seven years altogether. So we actually sold the company in seven years, almost to the day, uh, only a few days apart from seven years. And, but we earned $1 billion with the company. So it is in itself a proof how or, um, organizations can work in a more, much more efficient way compared to compared what to is traditional companies. Yes, what is in seen in traditional companies. Because if you look at our uh, company with only 200 people, and the efficiency and the pro um, profitability, even the best company companies in the US in the same sector would be so create such profits with let's say 2000 people. Mm -hmm. So it is possible to improve efficiency of every organization mm -hmm. substantially. If you focus on people, 
and it's people first first leadership and if you have nurture, a pur purpose, purpose first of all yeah <clears throat> so that's the one of the important parts that is also described in the book how purpose is important because you don't need to motivate people they need to be inspired by the purpose and supported by the culture of the company those are the important things we never focused on the profits mm. people can't believe that in a company that profitable we actually never discussed budgets no we discussed them budgets like, yeah but we, or money you mean budgets in this is the budget you can spend yes we never discussed it because what's the best in my opinion best definition for the word budget how much money can I spend irresponsibly without without asking and why without being bothered afterwards from from it? So th that's the definition for budget. Because if you have in mind how to efficiently spend the money, how what to expect in, in return from that money you you have spent, we don't need budgets. Because even if there that you cannot spend millions, because there is not this kind of money does not exist in the company, you'll be responsible. You will look at how, what would be the amount that's perfect for what we can afford to maximize the uh, effects. With budgets, it never works with, uh, like that with budgets. Absolutely. And also on, on our management meetings, discussions about revenues and plan, financial yes. plans were relatively short let's say an hour or two hours in, in a two or three day management meeting. The rest of the management meeting we spent on discussing okay. culture, relationship, relationships also in side management, because that's the most important part of the company. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the projects, products that we are going to do. This is, and, and why we are doing it and how will be they done for the users those are the important things so focusing on important things really improves efficiency and as a result it improves profitability yeah absolutely so those that just focus on profits are missing the important part actually yeah, absolutely. And I would like to dive a little bit deeper into how you actually run the company, but I think it's worthwhile to just make sure that we're getting the whole context and the timelines as well for the people who don't know you. So you guys met in high school, you said, and then Samo, you created your own startup first, right? The search engine. Did you have that, that desire to use that money already for your philanthropy or did that came later on well even before exiting the that company i was thinking about how to start such projects so okay. i was thinking in that time more about energy energetics related problems which turned out not to be our big in my opinion the biggest problems and actually have a lot of investments but yes the short answer is yes. We figured out that only a couple of millions will not be enough. That's why we set up, we said, okay, we need to do another iteration of yeah. a profitable business. The important part is that we have had a separate also purpose, bring joy to, to have instant fund yeah. for the users. If that would be the only purpose of that business would be just create the money for our next project. I don't think it would be possible for it to be successful. 
but we started actually the, the whole Outfit 7 project with, in, with this in mind to earn 100 million uh, euros yeah. that we'll be able to invest into our uh, non-profit environmental projects. That is what I find so um, impressive about your story, because when I saw that, the only intention to start this company was to use the money from the sale for your philanthropy. It made me think, first of all, are these people for real? Because there's not many who think like that. I think it's incredible and there need to be more of you. You built a unicorn, but in a way you're a unicorn yourself with that mindset. So that made me think, where does that deep drive, that desire come from to pursue such a noble cause? And that's why I was asking when you created the search engine, has that always been in the back of your mind that you wanted to create something big? And then Isa, you, from what I understand, very spiritual and you had your own purposes and your own things that you wanted to drive. And then how you guys came together to start all of this is really intriguing me. The idea matured actually in the years when I was working for, for the search engine or creating the search engine, because we are also parents and we mm -hmm. were looking at how the situation on earth progresses. In nature, if we look at it on a really long term, always finds a way to find a balance, but there might be no place for humans in this balance. So that's, that's why we find it so important that we actually try to reverse the damage that we've done or for start even dr drastically slow down creating more damage to our planet, to our ecosystems, because without that, our children, our grandchildren don't stand a chance that the life on earth might become really difficult, if not impossible. What were people's reaction to your idea to build this company to then do your philanthropy? Because most people always think like someone else is going to take care of that, take care of it and don't actually do that themselves. Yeah, actually people, majority of people, they don't believe that these are our true intentions. But we don't care. The most important are results and the effect of the results. And for them, like you asking, is this real? You know, some say it's not possible and this is stupid and this can be in this way. Yeah. But when we, we are looking for people, for colleagues to work together on projects, majority of them that join us now they join because of the purpose mm. it is one of the most important things it's actually the purpose so we don't have huge problems finding experts anymore because those that see the urge of an importance of what we are doing and find themselves aligned with their purpose inside our purpose they actually want to work on such projects. Yeah, absolutely. I think for people who are, now I use the word spiritual, I think for those people, it's easy to, or easier to understand what you, when you talk about purpose and they believe that you have pure intention. So did I, I knew that it's coming from a good place, but I can see how people who have not done the inner work, who are not as connected, don't think that is the true intention of what you're doing. But you seem to be even above that, don't even care about that. That's really good. 
just on a mission. I can even tell like you guys are fairly low key. It took me some um, time to do some research on, on you as people, but also on your project. There's not that much on the internet and that it's a sign that you guys just want to push your mission. Like you don't care about the fame or any of that. Um, Kat, you read the book and the, though the Danish story is made up, it's true that we didn't talk to, to media a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and also corporate leaders. And most of them, they are concerned with their own fame, to be honest. And, and most entrepreneurs um, are starting companies with the intention of how can I make a lot of money for myself? And then maybe, and that's usually when they make that money, then I realize there's something more to life. And then they start giving back. So this also seems to be like the typical progression of the average entrepreneur but you guys started with that goal in mind before you even that's the there, there is nothing wrong with that yeah. as long as they mature to the point where they see that the change is needed and they're willing to participate in creating the change yeah. so that's okay i don't see any problem with that even if they didn't start their companies with this intention yeah. It's still great. Yeah. I didn't mean it in a negative way. It is, it's a progression. It's necessary to then get to the next stage. I agree. And when people will understand that, let's say if you make a business with a purpose and purpose doesn't need to be philanthropic. It just needs to address the real needs of time and space. Yeah. And it should be done from the heart, the money, the, the profit follows naturally. You can fake it. This is not, oh, I understand. You have to try it. Yeah. And that's the point you, when you cannot make it up, you have to feel it. That makes me wonder, where does that come from, you guys? Did you, do, did you maybe go on a spiritual journey very early on in your lives? Or where does this desire come from? How do you define spirituality? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's for me, it's, it's something it's that life. it's life. It's some it's a personal growth that happens and it happens everywhere and some people want to set oh this is my or work life balance or spirituality and work and look at everything as separate we don't look at this is only one life that we have we live a single life and all everything is equally important the, there is only one truth and one reality mm. so I wouldn't say where we started the spiritual. But I can answer more directly. We actually started when we were young, when we were, let's say, 20. I wouldn't say that it was like a straight line, like a rocket taking us to the, I don't know, to the to God. But we, we, we discussed a lot. Let's say I also took some trainings, workshops in the past. I had my own holistic center before Outfit 7 where I was teaching theta healing techniques and manifestation techniques. And some always ask, but Isa, why do you have to work during the weekends? Because workshops are usually over the weekends. And because I run them, I had to be there almost every weekend. And I said, Samo, because I'm learning, not teaching, but learning mm -hmm. from the experience from other people. And he said, okay, then it's fine because you don't need to do it for the money because we have enough to, for living. But if you are learning, it's okay. And we always combine 
all the knowledge together for what we do. So it doesn't matter, is it then now like nice friendly setting or working environment, we always use the knowledge we have and we always respect and learn from everyone. It can be like an office cleaner. It's my like my friend, I, I don't know, my peer manager. So yes, in short, we started earlier. It was not the fastest way, but it was actually my passion more than yours because you are more grounded, we can say. But he always respected what, what I was doing and the whole family actually respected and wanted to, to join what I, I was doing. They didn't say, oh, this is crap or something, but they were always, let's do it together. So if we have enough time, there is one story. Yeah, sure. We traveled to Iceland. It was 2009. I was already teaching a manifestation when we went by car and by, by ferry and we stopped at uh, Faroe Island. At Faroe Islands. Faroe yeah. Islands for two days because the ship went to, to pick up, I don't know, people to Norway or Norway. something like that. And it was raining cats and dogs, yeah? raining cats and dogs. And I said, okay, guys, because we have two sons, let's manifest some good weather. And they were, yeah, 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 let's do it. But they didn't, they wanted to, they were like, oh, you can do it for us. And I, I said, no, if you are fine with the rain, I'm fine with the rain. And it was really raining hard. So in the evening, we were holding our hands and manifesting sun for the, for the next day because Farwa Islands are so nice. And literally, when we were driving around, there was a hole in the clouds and we were driving in the sun yes but everybody else also other people who we met again on, on the ferry the next day had rain for the whole day but we had sun it was cold and windy, <laughs> but it was sun these are so great learning experiences also for for other stuff less ta less tangible in life so you can also manifest good relationships you can manifest i don't know mm, business success and so on if it's made from the heart and it's pure i see yeah so yeah we were always together but it was really like pushing mm -hmm. and and where did you learn about manifestation for example like somebody must oh, have this is another fun story this. yeah we had a friend that actually was was it was her profession to deal with all kinds of personal growth trainings and once she was sending uh, her emails, emailings, like 4 a.m. in the morning. And someone asked, but okay, she had kids. How can she like send emails at four and wake up at seven? Three hours is not enough of sleep. And I asked her, oh, hi, hello, how are you doing? I would like to know, do you sleep at all? <laughs> and she said, actually, I don't need to because I can download my sleep. And the next weekend I was at the workshop just because <laughs> sleep downloading, <laughs> which I actually still use from time to time. Also tonight, because it was a short night in hours, I downloaded. I saw that. I saw that you emailed me at 1 a.m. and I was like, is she not sleeping? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I downloaded 10 hours of sleep when I went to the bed, to the bed. But it was actually, it was a hook. I always say it's like a spirit hook because you have to go there. I didn't perceive myself as a healer, even less as a 
teacher for healings and so on. But in a year and a half, I had my own center doing exactly that. And I was really specialized in manifestation because it's the same technique, but you can use it also for healing or to manifest whatever you want. Okay. So, yeah. It, it, amazing. <laughs> it sounds like you guys, like by nature, already quite grounded and feeling connected. Like not everyone is born that way. Let me let me say it like that. And that's why I was trying to want. I was trying to find out where does that come from like where does the spirituality come from it sounds like you already had a good level of you know groundedness in your life already and then there was a few people here and there introducing you to some tools and that's when it then takes its own dynamic yeah i would necessarily agree that we are not all born that way i think we are all born the same way we just have different lessons to go through in in, in our lives mm -hmm. and with enough passion it's possible to overcome these lessons. And I really believe that the, I say the whole universe or the source of life, because I don't want to, to define specifically because everyone defines the source of life his or her way, um, is taken care for. You know? yeah. So the source of life takes care for, you just shouldn't give up. Yeah. You just have to go on to continue to believe it's possible and when it's it when it hurts release the the the, the pain yeah. this is the most important thing because it's the same for all of us it doesn't matter ten dollars or one billion in the wallet when it comes to to inner pain it's the same we are all the same in front of the gut and it's also always possible to find help if your pure intention is to release it and to live lighter, to live happier. And this is the problem because when it hurts just a bit, we say, oh, it's okay. And we push it somewhere, we hide it. Mm -hmm. And then it goes bigger and bigger and bigger. And the worst is when we get ill for sickness. Sickness is the result. Yes, yeah. sickness is yeah. the result. So it, if, we are, if we are honest to ourselves and we find that there is something that should be released from inside out and we do it as soon as possible, we are then quicker, we are more successful, we are happier and so on. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the way I look at it is we as souls, not as humans, but as souls have to go through lessons and everyone is the same in that way. But sometimes some souls have learned their lessons earlier than others. So for example, you guys might have learned your lessons in a past life. And therefore, yeah. in this life, it's easier for you to overcome these restrictions. And there's yeah, other to people more, to be more conscious about certain situations. Exactly. Yeah, just wanted to clarify that because I do agree with you. We are born the same, but in this lifetime, we might not be the same. Yep. Wow. Let's talk about Outfit 7 then a little bit in, in a bit more detail. You already touched upon some aspects, but how it came about and yeah, and then how it evolved within from zero to a billion in seven years. If you could just tell a little bit more about that. The very starting point. The most important thing is to figure out how to fulfill the real needs of your customers. So that's the important thing. If you're, it's not about you, it's something that you're doing for the customers. 
And why is it so difficult normally is because when you ask the customers what they want, they will actually not give you the right uh, answer. Mm -hmm. So when we figured out what to do for our customers to satisfy them, you just need to then keep the momentum and that's not always easy because this is how to grow the company. And if you're doing it the right way, in the right way is to actually leave uh, your, the values you set for the company, not, should, not just to write them on a glass wall uh, or glass door inside your company. If you really leave the values, it creates like an honest uh, in, and, and fair environment for everybody inside the company. Mm-hmm. And on a long term, this is actually the most important in my opinion. Yeah. So to really respect everybody, to treat people as people, to resolve conflicts as soon as possible. Because mm-hmm. if we look at where, are, where the most of productivity is lost, it's actually with, with um, inside the con- conflicts that are inside the company. You're actually then paying people to, for them to, to spend energy on, on, on fighting yeah. or disabling others from achieving yeah. results. Yeah, and, and it doesn't, they don't need to be like a huge conflict. No. It's like just a small, oh, you are, yeah. no, you are, you are not that good as you should be. And this is already a conflict. So yeah. that was a huge learning, also learning experience for us, how to improve efficiency it's actually simply by removing everything that is inefficient. And by only doing that, this puts you in top 1% of the companies in the world. It's actually, it's really simple. If you figure out how to deal with everything that um, destroys efficiency, you'll get one of the, you'll be one of the most successful companies as we have started without a product with a team that was of quite different people but still not really we, we didn't have if you look at everything that company needs to have we most of our areas we didn't have covered at the beginning it's not so important the team will figure out the way if it really works and, and lives as a team yeah, so good that's, approach. That's the, the, that was the big, actually Outfit 7 was the best learning experience and even more important learning experience than if we compare it to the money. Learning that we got from sure, Outfit 7 sure. was actually even more sure. important. Yeah. For people who don't know Outfit 7, can you maybe say a few word, words what the company does and the most popular things that yeah, came out company, of it? That people the will- most the company is famous for the for its talking Tom and other his friends, the characters that talk back. It started as a simple app with where cat repeated everything that you said. It developed in much more in, into the various different games, but also other medias and other medias. So with the on the YouTube with a lot of content on YouTube. And so far uh, it was the, the all the apps were downloaded more than 13 billion times. That's more than the world population. That's yes. crazy. <laughs> it's more apps. It's not just yeah, one yeah. app. Exactly. Yeah, but, um, 
Wow. So you started, you had an intention, you had a purpose, you had no idea what the product is going to be like, but you hired a bunch of mobile app developers and then you did your market research and out came Talking Tom and then it evolved into something so much bigger. Would that be an accurate summary? Yes. <laughs> yeah, sounds, you know, sounds easy, but I'm sure it wasn't. What were the challenges that you were facing when doing all of that? The First challenge, as also described in the book, was actually uh, trust that we are going to achieve it. So at the, first to believe that it is possible and then the trust that it is that we are actually going to achieve it. And at this last point, you were actually, Isa, you were the last, the only one who believed that we are going to make it. Yes, you said you better make this work because we've already spent 230,000 euros, I think, on yeah. the whole development. And you said you better make it work. So it, it, these are challenges for every that every startup uh, faces. And but it's the right way to do it. And if I look at some of the things, how we did it, we were lucky. We, for instance, we didn't have any, nobody of us had any idea of brand building. So choosing the right character the, so that it, the people can emotionally attach to, to it was something where we were lucky. Many other things were actually hard work planning and analysis. And uh, a lot of work. Yes, I said hard work. So it, it mm -hmm. was it's not just luck where what people you need a bit of luck but luck will not solve all your problems so it is we went through the path that actually is very beneficial for startups to succeed because people need think that they need a lot of money to start a business and our opinion is actually opposite you need just enough money to serve so that your business survives and a lot of passion and a lot of passion hmm. this forces you to move quickly to release early to earn fast otherwise you just spend more money on learning if you have a lot of money and a lot of time and time is the only really limited resource true it almost makes you too comfortable when you know you have enough money right yeah, yeah. Yeah, interesting. And the people that you hired, I think it wasn't it five or six other developers that you hired. Yes, it was six other developers and one product. Yes, five developers and one product manager. They were all my, all of them were my colleagues at the search engine company, mm -hmm. and all of them joined because they believed that it is possible. What what we intend to do and we i would say we formed a really strong team of a really different people that was also important mm -hmm. so that not everybody is we managers are used to hire only people who are ex exactly like them not like them we i mean people that yeah. are like us the generally yes everybody wants to like prefers people that are exactly like him so i would hire most probably people that are more goal oriented or and or also analytical yeah. but i intentionally had people that are quite different yeah because that makes a good team otherwise it gets really difficult because you will be missing some qualities inside of your team and were they also on board with your overall mission or vi uh, purpose of 
what you wanted to do afterwards with philanthropy or didn't, well, didn't they that matter? Have, they, have, they have all aligned uh, with our mission to, with the mission to help with the, achieve the funding for philanthropic purposes. I'm not saying that nobody, no one of them has done any help. They did. Some of them did help us also after the sale of the company, but they are not all like on board now with the project. Okay, I get it. Earlier, you, you talked about efficiencies in your company versus other companies, about those 250 employees versus 2,000 in other companies. What would you say made the difference in your company that yours is so much more efficient? The most the thing that is overlooked many times is when to decide that something is not working and not worth doing anymore. So that is one of the most important things. If, and, and a good example here is how forest functions. For instance, there will be so many trees from, uh, so many seeds from one tree and so, my, so many seeds will sprout and then like thousands of them are going to die and only one will mature in a tree and from first look, you would say, oh, that's really inefficient. But if you look at the, from the other perspective, how much wood is wasted into those trees that didn't grow into fully grown trees, you'll see that forests are like 99% efficient mm -hmm. because every tree that has started and doesn't have potential will die off quite early. And that is one of the important lessons that we can also use in the business. So we need to figure out what's not working as early as possible and then not to be emotional about it. Oh, we have invested 100,000 euros into uh, this project. We see that it's not working. Most probably it's not working. And this other project has bigger potential. But as we have invested 100,000, let's invest at least... 20 or 30,000 more into this project that we already don't believe it's not working. That's what is very natural for us because we get too attached to where we have invested and we believe that we can prevent this loss and we dismiss that better opportunity because of that. Mm. But actually, if we cut that loss early and we say, Okay, it was 100,000 euros, but from this point in time, we see better potential if we invest our money and work into this other project and we believe we'll be more successful. That is actually the right way to do it. Cut off everything that we believe that's not working early. So that is how you prevent developing things to full-blown products which really gets expensive without um, so prevent you prevent it early and you don't you invest your time in something that will really work and the end result is you build products that are not thrown away mm. many companies especially in gaming sector develop games test them throw them away because they have developed the games invested millions into it and just to figure out, okay, this is not working. Mm -hmm. So, and it's a huge demotivation for the team, you know. So, what's our next projects project 
will it be thrown away again? No, because people want to be productive and want to be to have a feeling that we are useful. No, and if, if somebody throws your work away, it's very demotivating. Absolutely. What you are describing there is a typical ego problem, isn't it? When people get too identified with, I don't know, an external image and then their ego is taking over and then they invest more, even though they actually know it's not going to, it's not going to be good. That's why it helps to be aligned with your purpose and who you truly are, because then you don't run into those ego issues. What were your roles in the business together? Actually, we spent a lot of time together, though let's say there were many calls because we run business from Cyprus and we had offices from China, Korea, then Slovenia, London, US, LA. So we were on calls on whole day. We always, our offices was, were close together. So mm -hmm. we knew most of the time what's happening, but still someone was responsible for product development and sales mm -hmm. and i was responsible for marketing and for all these supporting functions like finance legal and hr but i said if there was let's say because he's very good at negotiation negotiation if there was a contract that needs like a strong negotiator i called him i asked him i was always next to the to, to him or to the team when we were developing a new app But I spent maybe 10% of my time on product, but some spent 80% of time or 60% on product and on sale. So we, we knew everything, we had each other, but there were actually areas that we said, oh, this is my area, this is your area. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in a nutshell, what made you efficient up until now, what I know now is knowing your purpose, is not having enough money, so having to figure something out quickly and leaving your ego at home. So these are the three things that I got out from this conversation so far. Was there anything else that you say that was what made us especially successful and efficient? For sure, the, the team, not just the, 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 the ego part and the money, but for sure the team. To build a winning team, to build a team that really forms like strong culture that they really enjoy because one of our values at Outfit Sound was have fun and we found out if we don't have fun building an app the app was not successful yes we had that experience once so, 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 we, so it, it is important it's really important what kind of energy you bring into whatever you do yes And really to invest in people and not just to invest in their like knowledge, like ex expertise knowledge, but to their, to their like people like, or even personal growth, though we didn't have workshops like for personal growth and so on, but there were workshops that changed their lives also personally. Because there's no way how yeah. to separate your professional life from your personal life that's why we don't believe in like work-life balance Same. which means like yeah there is something that you call life where you live and there's something that's called work what does it mean that you're dying there so yeah. it, it, it should be 
if we know that everybody should have time for free time for your family, for your hobbies, but everything should be in harmony and you should be enjoying everything all the time, all the 24 hours of the day, you should be enjoying. Otherwise you are dying. Maybe Samo, you can tell the story about your speech. The speech about the door is, the door open. is always yeah. open. I had it once and then... And you were small, like 30 people. And in the later years, people came to Samo, you did, it's time for your speech again. Because so there are so many new people who haven't heard the speech. And the speech was actually really simple. That the everybody should enjoy the work, should enjoy the culture yeah. and the slavery is over there are no slaves anymore and that my doors are always open both ways and so who doesn't think that fits in this company actually is not doing himself or the company a favor and actually a couple of people have left after my speech and it was i perceive it as something really good for themselves and for the company. Because you need to enjoy your work. You need to fit into that culture. Otherwise, it's not good for anyone. Yeah, totally agree. So people are also very important. Yeah, Isa, you mentioned just now a few workshops that took place. What were those workshops that you mentioned? Let's say one of the workshops was SDI, Strength Development Inventory, that everyone had to go through because it's, I call it psychology in four hours, though it's one day workshop. When you find out your motivations, your inner motivations, mm -hmm. what motivates you while working, but you share this with all your colleagues so that also others know that. Mm -hmm. and that they can when they want to communicate it with you they can obey it and so on and for this this technique is also for conflict resolution but there was also one other powerful training that was based on the book of Arbinger Institute Leadership and Self-Deception we call it Core at Work Workshop when we discuss these people related things so now I say it are you in the heart or out of the heart when you work with others, not just colleagues, partners, suppliers, subordinates, then managers and so on. And there were techniques that helped you to recognize in what state you are because it's an inner state and also techniques how to solve it when it's a problem. And then we had champions inside the companies that were able to help. So it was not just HR, because then you have to go to HR and tell that you have a problem and this mm -hmm. is not easy. But if it's a colleague next table that's trained to help you, it's, people, much, easier. it's much easier. Mm -hmm. Oh, I have such a problem. I can't work with Andrew. Can you help me? And it was like a few minutes and it was solved. Let's say we have, we had meet to give meetings. When you meet someone, not to delegate tasks, but to ask, how can I help you? to achieve you, your goals. And we had chocolates in the kitchen, like once in a quarter. And those chocolates were not meant for you to eat, but you were, let's say you were allowed to take it and to, and to take it to the, to the colleague and say, this is a chocolate for you. I would like to have a meet to give meeting with you. 
Wow, that's nice. Yes. And it was really powerful. And people used it for all kinds of stuff. Maybe also for conflict resolution. When they felt, oh, my relationship is not that good. Oh, let's have a meet to give meeting. Mm. And then asking, how can I help you achieve your goals? It was quite some of these. Okay, then we're also, we had nonviolent communication, constructive feedback and all kinds of stuff. But these two were, were the most powerful. When people said that it changed their lives a lot. It sounds like you built a super unique people culture. And most importantly, I think you guys understand what it is that people truly need and that it's all coming down to love, feeling loved, feeling home and feeling whole, which I think a lot of companies these days just don't understand. And they think when they offer free yoga classes or meditation classes, even they think that is what's going to do, but it goes so much deeper. It goes to, yeah, finding, helping people with their individual needs. Yep. I would like to read out a quote from your book that would add on nicely to this. It says, despite believing in her mission and the power of alternative approaches, she did wonder how the team would react to the space with its crystals, mandalas and angel cards. I read this and I was like, this, this is future of work, but you're probably you're the first people that I've heard that do this in at work and it yeah it adds nicely to what you just talked about helping creating this environment what was that like to do to do that yeah the i would say the maybe a bit of fear when there were new people coming because the old people accepted it really well and mm -hmm. we had crystals of course from the beginning in the office but then when we were uh, hiring new offices and there were no crystals for that for those offices People came to us, this is not fair. We also have to have crystals in our offices. And I said, yes, this is it. They should ask for it. Not that I put those stuff in the office, but they're asking for that. And I said, yeah, I know. Now it's not the right time to fight like big pieces in a few months. It's a fair, I will go there. And they were asking, when are you going? Can you bring also something for me to have at home? And, and this really made me happy. And okay, there were some people asking for more, asking also for books or help me, or let's say asking for manifestation workshops. We ran it a few times. And they were asking, can, we, can you do a manifestation workshop for us? And I said, yes, but it won't be for free. And you, sh you should have seen those eyes. Mm. I will have to pay to Isa. But I said, no, you don't need to pay. But you will have to come on Saturday. If it's worth enough for you to spend your time, I will do it for you, but on Saturday. Mm -hmm. And it was like more than half of the office coming to the, for, to the workshop. And then there were other offices, like London, US, China office. They said, this is not fair. We also want to have that workshop. <laughs> <laughs> And this is that, that drive me then, that, that put that special drive and said, yes. And when people ask, it's different when you push into. So I'm always soft when introducing new stuff and starting first with people that are more open to discuss with them. And then they use it and maybe then they discuss it later with their colleagues and then they ask. So I never want to push because... All this, let's say, spiritual stuff, 
in just a tool that help us to connect faster or help us to remind us that we are just more than, let's say, workers somewhere and so on. So I never, I try not to push. Though I'm happy, if I see someone that is <laughs> excited, oh, I'm happy. This is my, my, my person. <laughs> yeah, this is the right approach. And it's also my approach. Never push. But when you identify your people, you, you're all over them. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, happy. Finally. <laughs> Wow, this is, I can totally believe that. I see this as the future of work. I just never met someone who has done this at this scale and had such success in the market. That's incredible. So I hope that your story is going to reach so many people because yeah, that's the for, future. For us, like I said, we it's difficult to separate what's like business or spiritual life. If we, for everybody who believe that we actually are here to experience love on, on earth. Why should we like forget about it when we talk business, when we create a company or any kind of organization? Yeah. <clears throat> so if we believe into our values and then we should implement it also in our companies. And it turns out it is really efficient and the, the such organizational companies are more successful. So there's no rational even no rational reason why not to do it yeah i think it's just fear of people fear of the unknown and also because it's not tangible when we talk about energies when we talk about manifestation then people can't see that straight away and therefore they believe it's not real and yeah i find that is the biggest block for people to start embracing this world but it is yeah as you say like you you also you use it in your personal life why not use it in the business life if anything it can only help you so now you i got a good picture of your company and how efficient it ran i can only imagine i wish i would have worked for you at that point but when was it clear that you're gonna sell the company to for a certain amount and move on to your next adventure we had an management meeting in Cyprus and we were the, the last day of the management meeting we made a shamanic technique to somehow to solve the strategic issues we used we used a few times I wouldn't say that we use it for everything but let's say three to four to five times that we were not on the same page with the management there were different ideas we used that technique with some external consultants. And I don't know really what happened that day, but the next morning we woke up and I said, Samo, it's time to sell the company. And Samo said, okay. That was all. We didn't discuss it further. <laughs> <laughs> was that just a deep knowing or what came yes. to you? Yes, yes. And it was actually, it took us then 10 months, the whole sales process. Mm -hmm. But then when it was, the sale was uh, signed, the deal was signed, it was actually exactly seven years. Mm -hmm. What we said in the beginning, five plus two in seven years. It was like from January to January. And it's a kind of spooky though, if you believe in such things mm -hmm. and they work and miracles and everything, it's still spooky. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true. Like I'm 
always in awe of how the universe works when you because when you this is the thing you manifest something but you have no idea how it's actually going to show in your physical yes. world yes and sometimes it shows in a completely different way from what you thought it would be yeah. and I, I had a funny moment yesterday I, I used this visualization technique and it, it usually get, gets me an answer within three days that's the rule and when I do visualization, I then I need to forget about it. I should not be thinking about it and cling to it. And so this is what happened. I did my I did my technique and I put out an intention and I forgot about it. And then last night before I was going to bed, I meditate and all of a sudden something that had happened during the day, I realized that was the manifestation of what I had put out three days earlier. And it had this huge moment again where I was so in awe of how the universe always delivers what you put out there, but usually in a slightly different way. Yes, always. So we shouldn't attach to the to the to the way, to the process, to the path, path to yes. the path. Just to do it and forget. It doesn't mean we shouldn't do anything because people think that then you really forget. Mm -hmm. Of course, sometimes you have to do something. Maybe if you get the message, you have to call someone, you have to call someone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but I totally agree. Yeah, it's fascinating. So at this point, you already had an offer on the table when you got this no. inside. No, no, no. There was no offer. We started like a uh, standard sales procedure. So we hired uh, bankers. Mm -hmm. So it was a huge know your customer process from mm -hmm. their side and then preparation for the uh, roadshow mm -hmm. then we went around the world all continents all potential buyers they the, the banker found and then like in in every ordinary process there were three at the, the end and the due diligence process and then the final negotiation so it, it started really we didn't had any intention at that point when Isa said we need to sell the company but we said yes and the next day we started it started doing everything for it i'm assuming you guys are the majority shareholders as well yes we were. okay but did you by the way take on investor money at any point no we didn't no we were discussing once early but not because of the money we, we needed some connections in the us but then decided not to sign the the deal so we didn't have any investors at all okay wow and so at the point that you sold it how much profit was it making and how many how many employees did you have and what was the final sale price it was the sale price was one billion dollars Flash. We had roughly 200 employees at that time. 205. 205. <laughs> and are the numbers about the profitability public? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, they are. They are. It was a bit more than uh, 100 million a year. So that's the goal that you set out seven years ago then. 100 million. So we said to earn 100 million. So we ended up earning roughly 10, town, 10 times more yeah. with the company. Because obviously it's always universe delivers in a bit different way. <laughs> <laughs> obviously we need more. <laughs> yeah, it was a really great journey for us. Uh, great experience. 
and I'm really grateful for it. Yeah, I'm also grateful. I was grateful also during the whole journey because in in mobile app market you get let's say 0.002 dollar or euro from one user mm-hmm. in average and i was grateful to everyone i was also grateful to those that just played our games and whenever we were doing tests and app specifications i always insisted and also you sama that the whole game should be able to be played with no payment mm-hmm. the whole experience should be should be possible for the user because as i said in the beginning and that there should be some kind of educational yeah it not value not yeah so we also had that in mind yeah but i always said money will follow mm-hmm. if you the, the as bad as good but on the other side you shouldn't have the inner issue with earning money subconscious beliefs against money so yes if i respect money and i know this is just a storage of energy and it will follow but if i say oh people with money are not good people and nobody wants to be bad then there is no money so you have to have the the all the um, subconscious beliefs issue towards money solved and money will come for sure and i believe that when you have doing something with passion and great intention really enjoying your work even our first app talking tom had actually even though it was really simple had built in an educational purpose so maybe just a short way if you can tell the story from florida when we from the app store yeah this is nice because we didn't know that we, we thought it's just fun but once we were in florida and we went to an uh, apple store to buy a new macbook for me and at the, when we, when sama was paying for the uh, macbook the guy said oh if you give me your company name next time you will have some um, you'll be able to call accumulate for discounts the for discounts uh, and actually he, when we come here from this part from slovenia people are really how do they say stingy so no, though we have enough money we have to be economical with the money mm-hmm. yeah? no. so if there is a discount we can take it <laughs> and uh, someone said okay it's outfit seven and he said oh good what do you do someone says someone said mobile apps he said oh nice what kind of mobile apps and someone said talking tom the guy said you're kidding me you're kidding me <laughs> and then he said let me finish the the payment process and then he said i have a kid 10 years old with the down syndrome and a year and two, two years ago he was not able to be understood when talking so they were so talking. only my wife and i understood him and he said, he said now thanks to talking tom if he comes you would you would be able to talk to him and understand him talking because when talk when he heard tom repeating he was not happy with what he heard so he in he was motivated to improve his speech and we figured out later on that it was used as a therapeutical tool in for also many other kids with down or wow. it was some good things come in unintentionally so mm-hmm. when you do something with a good purpose actually yeah. there will be 
a good outcome, I believe. Absolutely. I believe so too. And so you sold 100% of your shares to a Chinese investor, right? Yes. Or consortium of investors, if I understand it correctly. Mm -hmm. And so you got out of the company completely or are you still an advisor in it? No, we were advisors for for a year, but for the last three years, we just, we spent all our time on projects on our foundation. Yeah, tell me about that. What are you doing now? What is obviously the big question. What are you doing with all of this money now? We figured out that not only energetics, that the food will be the most important part because how we grow food has the biggest effect on our planet. So we, and we're looking at the food as a whole, not only as growing crops or producing end products for consumers. Obviously we didn't manage to do all the work, but we have started on many areas. So I will touch those briefly. First one that is really important is for sure, uh, Login Echo company in Serbia, where we have our, I can say, test polygon on 4,000 hectares of land. And the development team that is focusing on providing the best possible tools for data-driven farming of the future is mostly in Slovenia, about the same size, about 50 people. So here we intend to provide farming practices to how to grow sustainable, healthy, and irresistibly good food of the future. And everything that we develop, farming practices or services, how to do it, we'll offer them for free to anyone. We have also started uh, with three laboratories in Ljubljana, which in this development has been paused because of the corona crisis. The brain research laboratory where we research how is pleasure connected to food so basically why do we like what we eat how to objectively measure pleasure connected to eating another lab that is more intended to measure our subjective experience a sensoric lab and another food hacking lab because we believe that if we look at the growing population and uh, growing living standard. We There is no way that with our current um, eating habits we'll be able to feed and most probably kill out kill our planet or majority of biodiversity much sooner than this would be possible. Even we would need about five planets to feed everyone with a western diet. And the sec- so the second most important thing, second just because it's very recent, is uh, the book we are launching and we intend to also follow up with programs, how to introduce that in the real life into the companies and other organizations is the, our book Seven Unicorn Drive, where we talk about the methods of how to create winning teams, more successful organizations that will, in the best possible way, answer the real needs of space and time. So there are quite a few more things to cover. You can find them in our vision of the world we want to live in Mm -hmm. on our website.
side. But this is a starting point. The first, we are already working on the first three points here and, but all of them need to be achieved. So it's, it's still a very busy time in front of us for, for, for years, I would say. Yeah, but there will also other helpers. Yes. Say again, you have other helpers? Yeah, people will help us. It's not just on us to implement. Because the good thing about... We're doing it together. Let's say you, you are already helping. Exactly. The good part about purpose is you are working towards that purpose and you should perceive yourself as alone working toward that purpose. Yeah, it's so true. Especially when you have big plans, you cannot do it yourself. I've also been for this year, I've been calling in all the help that I can get because I I, I just have big plans and I know that I can't do them all by myself and I shouldn't. And it's the same, same for you. What does a typical day look like in your life? I'm curious. Usually we start in the morning if it's possible without alarm clock. We prefer no alarm clock, but usually it's possible. Then we meditate, then we do some kind of exercising, maybe someone goes jogging or we do yoga or we go for a long walk, breakfast, and then the schedule starts starts to run our day, usually meetings, video calls, and so on. We have a break for lunch, we prepare our lunch ourselves, we are on a plant-based diet for the last 30 years. Nice. Uh, and also this lunch break is usually in the calendar. Otherwise, we wouldn't have it. <laughs> <laughs> and then meetings. Now, before the launch, we don't do many other things besides that. Or you do some of your photograph- photographing. Some is like an enthusiastic photograph of nature and of space and so on. I also paint and sing and at, at the moment, attending another school in Christos, mm. uh, yeah, online. So this is more or less what we do during the week. But during the weekends, we try not to work. Let's say if we are here in Slovenia, we try to meet our family and friends and so on. If we are home in, Cy- in Cyprus, we usually walk around a lot in nature. Okay, also we read. We play some instruments and so on. Sounds nice. Has that lifestyle changed quite a bit since you sold the company or do you feel like it's been pretty much the same? When at Outfit Outfit 7, we we really worked a lot because we were an international company. We had offices worldwide. So we started early in the morning and we usually stopped working at midnight. And we decided not to work that much because it's not good for the health, for the body and so on. We try not to work, let's say, more than 10 to 12 hours a day. That's already quite a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. But it was much more before and this was not okay. Mm. So we got some time. Sometimes, okay, it's more, but then the other day it's less. Yeah. We know that also the business, Outfit 7, mobile business, you are all the time on the edge. Today, you are the best. Tomorrow, nobody knows about you. Today, our mission is different. And we have to make smart steps, not just run. Because running can make bigger damages than, more damage than good. Yes, being smart, especially in farming, where the cycle is one year, 
and if you do some kind of mistake and you want to restart those tests or experiments whatever you're doing you might need to work and wait another year mm-hmm. so not doing it in a rush but doing it smartly is really important mm. i saw that you after you sold the company you also joined the giving pledge right the initiative i believe it was founded by bill gates is that right yes. and by the gates uh, foundation yes exactly yeah. Also, what I noticed about that, looking into it, it's so funny. Everyone, there's obviously all the big names and Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, blah, blah. Everyone has a picture and like a long description. And then there's you guys. You don't even have a picture on there. And you just said, we have we have dedicated the majority of our wealth to this foundation. And this is our mission. And that's what we want to do. And that's it. And I think this really shows your pure intention of just wanting to do good in the world. It's those small things that say a lot about people. Yep. I'm I'm interested. Do you work with any of those characters, personalities, <laughs> characters? Well, we've we've met them and we've joined the giving pledge first of all because it is important to be able to have discussions. They they are useful in connecting us with other philanthropists. Some of them even have uh, huge funds and are interested in the work that uh, we are doing. So from this perspective, that was the main reason why we mm-hmm. joined. They Mostly they spend an effort to actually open eyes of entrepreneurs, the, uh, the people behind giving pledge and to, to join them uh, to because we joined forces, more work will be done because it's not only about the money, it's people who have achieved such great success have yeah. also a power to create a big change, in my opinion. That's why it's so important. And they have called us, are you willing to join? I said, okay, but we are doing it anyway. So we said, okay, we, we don't have a problem with that. And we looked at, is it beneficial from us, from this perspective, to really have, be able to have conversations with them and said, okay, then we can join it because we didn't have a problem with that to pledge the med- vast majority of the money we had earned to philanthropic reasons why not we we would do it anyway yeah i love how easygoing you are you are about all of these things <laughs> it's very refreshing i hope i really hope it inspires people that there is more to life than to just make money and fill it in your own pockets because that is not what gives you happiness at the end of the day and mm-hmm. Most people who have made a significant amount of money realize that at one point or the other. And you just, I don't know, you seem to have a very refreshing, inspiring approach to life and business. I I really enjoy that. People normally don't understand how the quality of life improves. And yes, I agree, money helps with your happiness. But when you have home, a place where you feel safe, uh, when you are not afraid that you will not be able to provide for you and your family so that you always have healthy and quality food, that you're satisfied with it. When you drive a car that doesn't break down every day and when you're able to go to any kind of vacation, because actually going to, I don't know, Adriatic coast or Maldives is the same. It's the experience you get there and it depends on the people, how you spend that time. Your quality of life, when you have only the basic things sorted out, will not improve dramatically. It depends on the 
relationships how you will progress in in your happiness mm -hmm. and people think that you need millions for that to be happier actually that is a burden having more responsibility what to do with that money it will not make you happier happy relationships are those that will actually make you happier mm -hmm. and your life better love that yeah how can people find out more about you guys We have a website actually login5.org yeah. and they're all project described mm -hmm. uh, and for all this part regarding the book uh, we are on social media so on YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook and we'll share a lot of knowledge besides the book and we'll also uh, prepare some programs where we'll share knowledge, experiences, and tools with everyone interested. So it's uh, login5.org or unicorndrive.com. Okay. I will put all of these links also in the show notes so, so that people yeah. can check you out and get in touch with you. And yeah, can people even work with you potentially? Are there opportunities or... Sure, there are all kinds of opportunities. We we all the time rise the rise the high, rise the team, huh? the grow the team. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Mm -hmm. Grow the team on the project, existing projects. We also discuss some projects, some new projects that people have. Sometimes we invest. Sometimes we only advise. I usually don't have a problem uh, also advising startups. I just want them to send questions in advance so they're prepared and we have a call. I said, if I know what or I have an, an, an opinion, I can always share it. Why not to be faster? If I can help you with my opinion, if you're faster, I'm happy. Mm. So uh, sure, there are many different opportunities. It depends on the skills, on knowledge, on on area and of course the most important passion and you should tell about how we are growing the team in the last few weeks because it was really miraculous like we can just discuss what we have a problem here what kind of person we would need and we like manifest describe the qualities says, okay just describe it like, like the qualities really, the qualities like and we have it in 30 minutes 30 minutes 30 minutes or next morning we get such person or normally if they don't call us we do one phone call it's like instantly we get people that we need instantly through manifestation yes yeah. <laughs> how, how do you manifest through meditation You go into your feta and then you start your manifestation process? Actually, no need for that. Because the, the problem is just to define, mm -hmm. define the goal and the other stuff to find if there are some negative feelings or subconscious beliefs connected to this. That's it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and this theta state meditation and visualization, it does just help us to strengthen these feelings. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I, sometimes I do it also through the meditation and visualization, but usually for such quick stuff, there is no time. The important stuff is passion. Yeah. And passion comes from 
you could say with visualization you can increase it because you get you need not just to visualize the picture but the feelings how will that feel when you will get that when you will have this if it's material so the feelings are important yeah so you recently manifested a person within 30 minutes. Is that what you were saying? Oh, not just one, like many. <laughs> there, was, there was one person, there was one person I said last week, I said, oh, it was like our co-founder from Autism. I said, I would need him for somebody like him. And I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. But two days ago, he just sent an email and said, hi, Isa, I was checking this and this. These are the bugs, these are the mistakes and so on. Please correct it and good luck with the launch of the book. Oh man, this is, <laughs> this is so incredible. Yes, thank you all the spirits and of the You universe. haven't spoken to him for a while, huh? Yeah. <laughs> this is so incredible. I can't wait until this knowledge and these techniques become more mainstream in the business world because they yeah. are so incredibly yeah. powerful. I totally agree. And this is then so this is then fun and joy to work together and yeah. not to work together. I say co-create. Co-create, yeah. And this is my really so honest wish that we start co-creating and start enjoying co-creating. Absolutely. And that's your intention with the book as well, right? Yes. Okay. So you envision yourself working with companies to actively transfer that knowledge. Yes. Nice. I wish you all the best of luck with this. This is really what the world needs. And I hope that this podcast can make a contribution to that and reach the right people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. If you got value from this episode, can you please help to spread the message about this podcast by sharing it with a friend, subscribing to it, writing a review, rating it, or even doing all of it. I need your help to reach more people and your support would honestly mean the world to me. Tag me on social media or write to me directly so I can thank you. Until next time.